Welcome to Tactical Empathy. I am your host, Erin Thorpe, and this is a show where we will explore what it really looks like to lead with empathy in the real world. From a young age and into my early years of my career, I was constantly being told that I was too emotional to lead. I found a way to turn those emotions into a leadership superpower, and now I want to share that with each of you. In each episode, I will guide you through real-life stories, sharing how leaders make tough decisions, hold boundaries, and get things done, all while embracing empathy. Get ready to redefine leadership, understand your emotions, and unlock your own superpowers. It's time to lead with head, heart, and mind. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tactical Empathy Podcast. Today, I am excited to have a guest with me, Ashley Livingstone from Our Forte uh, Coaching. Ashley is a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, and a lover of a great hike. She is a breathwork facilitator and personal growth coach who helps service-based business owners ditch the hustle and grind um, so that they can avoid burnout and feel massively confident as leaders of both their lives and their businesses. As a former corporate leader as well, we dive into some of the beliefs that both of us had around wellness and who should be taking care of us while we were in our corporate careers. And I think you're going to find this episode jam-packed with small actionable tips that will help you be able to hold the emotions of the team members that you are working with in a way that allows you to see them and honor them, but not feel like you have to fix them or rescue them from their own emotions. Um, I can't wait for you to dive in. Let's get to the show. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Erin. I am so excited to be here with you. I am too. I've been looking forward to this conversation um, and even just you know, the first couple of weeks and the first couple of episodes there, we're getting lots of great feedback on little tips and tricks. So I know that this is going to be huge value to everyone who's listening. Um, Before we dive into kind of your work and what you're doing, can you just describe to us like your journey as a leader? Um, Where have you been? Where, Where are you currently at? Yeah. So I always like to say that there's like two parts to my leadership journey. One where I was working in corporate Mm. and I had a lot of good and not great examples of leadership. So I started to kind of build my leadership style through watching others, which Mm -hmm. I think is how most of us do that. And then when I actually left that corporate job and started my own business, I had to almost redefine how I was going to be a leader Mm. and understanding that now I wasn't one of a few leaders. I was the leader in my business. And how did I want to show up as a leader in my community, as a leader with my clients, as a leader for myself? So that's been, I would say that internal journey of leadership has definitely been um, a big learning curve for me over the years, but I don't think we're ever done learning. So I'm still evolving. (laughs) I love that. And when you talked about, you know, being a corporate leader um, and not fully, these are my, my kind of paraphrasing words, but not fully, you know, realizing that 
you still have to lead yourself, right? And mm-hmm. I think I I definitely see a lot of this and I've experienced it myself is then you become the leader of your own business and you're like, oh my gosh, I am the only one here that's, you know, charting a course and setting a path and making decisions. Um, and there's a huge amount of personal responsibility that comes with that. And mm-hmm. you, we can't just like set it down, right? No. And I think sometimes in our corporate leadership, we can abdicate a lot of that responsibility to those around us going, it's someone else's job to lead me. But really yeah. all along, we're yeah, number one, been us. like <laughs> our job, it's our job to lead ourselves first. I actually think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the course of being, being led mm-hmm. and growing as a leader in, you know, the quote unquote corporate world. And then starting my own business and and coaching and doing the work that I do is how much, and I was definitely guilty of this as well, how much I wanted it to be somebody else's job. Yes. To teach me, to care about me, to train me, to look after me. Um, I, 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 I assumed... And I'm definitely younger and less mature. I I assumed, you know, I'm yours to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And now as I own my own business and I work with people so much, I realize that that was very much a, probably in that drama triangle, the victim mentality a little bit and thinking I wasn't capable or that i you know, somebody else's responsibility to make sure I took my lunch break, make sure I took my vacation, make sure I, um, you know, got out and went for a walk, like all of these things. And now it's just completely flipped. And I realize how much it is 100% my responsibility to put my oxygen mask on first. Oh, yes. So easy to say, you know, so easy to say. (laughs) And we listen to those demos every time we get on a plane, put on your oxygen mask, oxygen mask first. And yet so hard to do in the various leadership roles mm-hmm. that we have in our life, right? It takes yeah. like discipline and consistent action and doing it even when you don't want to do it, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny. The last time I was on a plane, um, we were heading on a family trip and my son was there with me and that whole like put your oxygen mask yeah. on first and he's like would you really <laughs> and I was like like yeah bud like yeah. I have to put my oxygen mask on first he's like you would you would put your oxygen mask on before you took care of me and and that right there is a great example of yeah. He thinks I should take care of him, just like employees yes. and other people are like, how could you not do me, take care of me first? Right. I see you as this leader in my life. Your responsibility is to take care yeah. of me first instead of as leaders, our responsibility is to take care of us first. Yeah. So I am so excited about our conversation around um, breathwork and how that relates to empathy because I know for me, it's been um, a huge personal journey over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I am a firm believer that, you know, we we can't do with other people what we're unwilling to do with ourselves. And for me, there is this piece of an empathy practice that requires some inner work, right? We can't mm-hmm. be empathic or practice empathy with those around us 
if we're unwilling to do that with ourselves. So I'd just love to hear from you, you know, how do you think breathwork and empathy are related? What does that mean to you? How does it show up in your work? Yeah, I think for me, it it's in those quiet moments. Mm-hmm. I find it very challenging personally to reflect and, you know, really question like, how am I behaving? How am I showing yeah. up when there is a ton of noise around me? When I am yeah. in the full spiral of chaos. So breath work and a lot of my stillness practices that go along with breath work come down to taking that space for reflection mm. and challenging myself of like, how do you want to show up? Are you being helpful or harmful? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That we ask a lot and just, yeah. Like how can I be supportive without rescuing? Yes. Yeah. Because I think that is one of um, the biggest, I, I call them empathy misses or, you know, um, mm empathy hijacks, if you will, is people think it's their job to fix other people. Yeah. Right. And it's that rescuer that gets brought out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you, I don't know if you have an example, but um, do you have any kind of example where you had to lean on your stillness practices and breath work as a leader to kind of navigate a challenging person or situation that you would be willing to share so we can kind of see how it looks in action? Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it's really in like dealing with my clients yeah. and seeing their resistance mm-hmm. and knowing what is on the other side of resistance, but needing to guide them at their pace through it. So it, because, because once you know, this is always what I say, and I think you understand this too, is like, once you know, you know, yeah. and it can be a challenge to then not just like drag everyone with you. So for me, when I'm dealing with clients, especially at the beginning of their journey where there's a lot of resistance, um, you know, pushing back on challenging these new practices for me, I do have to get very quiet. Um, excuse me. And, and breathe. I calm my nervous system down Because when I can feel myself going too fast, I know that I'm not going to be heard. Yes. So I have to slow myself down in order to show up to the conversation or show up to the session feeling full and and resourced. That's a big piece. So I will, I, you know, on the other side of my desk here, I've got my yoga mat and I have my blankets where I do my breath work. And sometimes I will just even take five minutes mm-hmm. and recenter myself. And that usually looks like putting on some soft music, breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth. We call that our halo active breath. And even when I just like right now, if I take a big deep breath in through my nose and out through my mouth, yeah, I can feel my entire body relax. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. So that's what I'll need to do. Yeah. That's what I'll need to do before entering what I know will be challenging sessions so that I can meet people where they are, not where I wish or expect them to be. Right. 
I love this about what you shared, because I think so many times as leaders, we do run into, you know, employees and teammates or children, if this is a parent-child relationship we're talking mm -hmm. about, any sort of dynamic um, where we're leading other people, uh, he, as humans, we don't like change, right? We don't like the unfamiliar, uh, brains designed to keep us safe. And so anytime you're trying to lead people through something, right, whether it's a corporate or an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. venture or a parenting venture, that comes with an inherent amount of change. We're going to require them to do something that is unfamiliar, right? And so this resistance, I think, often gets labeled by leaders as, you know, insubordination or, um, you know, they just laziness. don't want to, laziness. Yeah, all of those types of things when really it could just be a dysregulated nervous system and a little bit of fear around, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just had a session with one of my clients today and her big fear right now is um, she's off on, on sick leave from her job and she is terrified to go back, but she's also terrified to start something new. Totally. So we get so paralyzed, yeah. paralyzed in this fear. And I love what you said about, you know, really paying attention to and making sure as the leader of the, the conversation with your clients, and this applies to anyone who's listening, who leads a team is you have to be resourced, right? You can't mm -hmm. go into a conversation or a situation already depleted, already running on empty and expect to have anything to give to the team. Yeah. yeah. I mean... You can, it's we do just it. not going to work out. Yeah, we it's, do it. It's going to drain you more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do it all the time and expect, mm -hmm. you know, that there will be these, you know, kind of textbook or perfect answers or solutions on the other side of that. Yeah. Um, when really what I'm hearing you say is it takes, you know, maybe five minutes of some intentional breathing, very simply in through the nose, out through the mouth um, to really kind of calm and center ourselves. I love that. Yeah. So, um just as far as, you know, how breath work works to kind of build these empathy muscles, you shared with us one example of, you know, this halo active breath that you set in through the nose and out through the mouth. Are there other types of breath work that, yeah. that people should be aware of? Yeah. So there's, well, there's lots of different types. I know a lot of people will say like, yeah, I do breath work, whether it's through yoga and I think anytime you are consciously aware of your breath. Yeah. So you don't necessarily need to go lock yourself in a different mm -hmm. room or go sit in your car to do breath work. I think if you are at your desk and you're about to go do a presentation or you are need to go into a meeting and you know it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, you have to really check in with yourself and ask yourself, do I, do I need to be calm? Like, do I need to feel grounded? And, and oftentimes that can feel like we're spinning out of control or we're getting like waves of anxiety, nervousness feeling. And what we really need there is to feel calm and grounded. So in that case, I would say simple breathing in and out through your nose or that halo active breath just to really just come to your center. Yep. But then there's times where maybe you need to do a presentation, but you're feeling low on energy mm -hmm. or you need to, 
you're you're the team leader and you're about to make a big announcement and you kind of want to bring the energy you might want to actually stimulate your body a bit more and so doing a blow breath in and out just through your mouth can actually create um so if we get into like nervous system it creates that fight or flight okay it puts you purposely into action into survival mode survival mode doesn't mean it's always scary right it means action means we take action so getting that adrenaline pumping by increasing the breath and being focused on it maybe moving your body a bit to get the blood pumping can also pump you up and get you ready for a big presentation or a conversation where you need to move some of that energy so that you can be fully present. I love that. Not every time do we need to be super calm. Sometimes we actually need to bring the energy. Yeah. And I have, like, I'm just sitting here reflecting, right? Going into meetings, running around, having these days where like my hair's on fire and everything's (laughs) happening. And it's like, you're just moving from one thing to the next. Um, and you didn't really, I don't, I never had time to catch my breath or I didn't think mm-hmm. I had time to catch my breath. And really what I'm hearing you say is like, it can be a few simple breaths before I open Absolutely. that door or, you know, while I'm walking down the hallway or mm-hmm. in my office before I leave. And I love what you say too, about activation, um, because I do find personally, um, and I can think back and reflect on, you know, there were moments in my corporate leadership and definitely in my entrepreneurial leadership where it's like, I don't feel like doing the thing, you know, and I, I don't feel like I'm bringing my best to this presentation or this announcement or this thing. And I really do need to motivate and, and, and bring the energy. Um, so I love that you've given our listeners some tips on how to, to do that just through breathing which seems and it, so simple. And it, it is. And I think that's like a big awareness that I learned in, in doing this and, and working with a lot of people is to pay attention actually to how much you hold your breath, mm. how often in, and again, this comes back to our natural instincts. Yeah. We hear a loud noise, we hold our breath, yep. the phone rings, or you see that email pop up. You hold your breath and, you know, or even if you are doing a presentation and you see somebody's hand go up, right? You're like, what are they going to ask me? Yeah. What are they going to ask me? I hold, you hold your breath in anticipation of the danger or the fear. Yeah. The best way to, again, tell yourself that you are safe and that it is okay. There is no lion about to actually eat you. We take our big breath in and out through your nose. Just and you can do that while standing on a stage. Yeah. Instead of holding your breath during the question, breathe. Breathe, breathe through the question. Right? Love you it. hear your kids' feet hit the ground in the morning. You're like, <laughs> they're up. Breathe. Take <laughs> Sorry, that's a very breath. real example. <laughs> yes. I think for a lot of parents, that's a very real example. Um So I just want to, you know, for me, I guess I'd love to hear your definition of what you, how do you define empathy and, Mm. you know, what does that mean to you? Okay. I know. Big question. Empathy expert here. No, no. And I'm going to share my thoughts on it. Okay. I, empathy for me is 
relating to someone else without taking ownership over their feelings. Mm, Love it. Yeah. And it's, that's a big piece for me, especially in the work that I do to not take on other people's energy or their challenges. Yeah. You know, and so that's like, I think a lot of leaders can also identify that parents as well, right? Our kid comes home crying that something's happened. Our hearts break for them. We empathize with them, but we have to have that boundary of, I feel for you and that's yours. Yeah. Right. That that's kind of my thoughts on empathy. No, I love it. You know, relating for but not fixing or rescuing. You know, mm-hmm. or trying to change the feeling. I think that's really you've summed it up so well. And I think that is the difficult part for a lot of leaders and a lot of listeners is <clears throat> when someone else brings us a feeling, when it stirs up mm-hmm. something in us. So if we haven't dealt with it, right. Um, we're going to be activated or, or prompted to feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we're not skilled in how to handle that emotion in ourselves, or we, we don't give ourselves space and time to feel emotion, we feel like we might be carried away in it. Um, it can be really hard to hold yeah. space for other people's emotions. And I think for me personally, that's where breathwork has been really helpful in this past year is... <clears throat> I'm able to sit with, you know, in my case, it's usually clients and, and, and sit in, in the emotion with them and then use the breath work to kind of move that energy afterwards. Right. And so I don't end up holding on to it. And I think the other thing I love about the breath work practice is it's finite. I don't feel like I'm going to be carried away by whatever emotion is present. Yeah. It gives you a container. So I always like to think of it as like an actual container. Yep. And we get to enter it, you know, and then, you know, so you kind of open that lid, let the things move. Yep. And then you get to put the lid back on it. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're so right about the, if you haven't dealt with your um, inner child or your feelings or different experiences you've had, because we've all had different experiences. Sometimes they're relatable. Sometimes they're not. You know, when somebody comes to you with something and you're like, ooh, I feel, you know, I say the word triggered, but it doesn't have to mean big things. You can kind of feel activated like, oh, that's making me remember this time or that's, you know, making me defensive or that's doing this. That is a really good sign. You know, my breathwork coach always said, never waste a good trigger. Yeah. Anytime you're feeling that, that is a breadcrumb crumb and a clue of something you get to work on. Yeah. It's an invitation. So see it as a gift. Yeah, yeah. It's an invitation. I love that. Yeah. So Ashley, where can listeners find out more about you and the work that you do? Yeah. So I, um, my website is ourforte.ca. Okay. Um, like you, I'm Canadian. Um, and I'm also, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. I put a lot of content out on Instagram as well. So I would say those are the kind of the key places to learn more. If you're curious about breathwork, I also have a breathwork group. Um, so we, because I believe in breathwork as a consistent practice. Yes. I don't see it as a one and done. It's not like 
a one-time therapy session where all your things yeah. are solved. Um, I believe that it's similar to movement in your body. This is movement in your emotional and mental body. So yeah, so I run a breathwork group. We meet eight times a month um, and then all the audios are there so that people can practice in between sessions as well. I love that. Thank you. We'll have all of those items linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and sharing um, your thoughts and perspectives and some tools to help our listeners uh, build their empathy muscles and get a little bit stronger. Thank you.